think life in your house would be better without TikTok? Well, one of the FCC commissioners thinks so. Would it be better if your kids weren't staring at that thing all the time and making TikTok videos? Or does it encourage creativity and show them parts of the world they wouldn't have otherwise ordinarily seen? Does it broaden our children and make them more intelligent and more expressive and more aware? That's the decision you have to make. And of course, often the decision will come down to moderation. Some TikTok, not all TikTok. But uh, I don't know really the psychological impact of it all and, and what exactly the Chinese are learning from us with TikTok. Maybe TikTok is worse than the virus that came from China. I don't know. But it's something we're trying to sort of navigate in this world. It's Michael Patrick Shields, too. Some of the issues that we thought maybe were settled are also not settled anymore. Giancarlo Canaparo is with us. He's a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. And you may have been following the news this week that the United States Supreme Court is hearing arguments, and they're pretty spicy arguments in two cases that could determine whether colleges can use racial preferences in the admissions process. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So at present, a college like Harvard, for instance, people aspire to get into Harvard. They work their whole lives to get into Harvard. It's not easy to do. Uh, decisions made on Harvard enrollment are sometimes based on race? That's right. What we've learned from these cases as they've worked their way through the lower courts is that at Harvard and UNC, uh, race can be a determinative factor. At Harvard, for instance, it's the determinative factor for about 45% of black and Hispanic applicants. And the way that Harvard uses race is because it wants to give a leg up to certain minorities, but it has a fixed number of spots, it has to give a leg down to others. And in this case, Harvard has chosen to give a leg down to Asian Americans. And the reason it has done that is because Asians tend to do very well academically. It's something that uh, a lot of Asian cultures um, uh, value and put an emphasis on. And so if academics, grades, extracurriculars, test scores were all that mattered, Asians would be admitted at a rate higher than their population in general population, which uh, some liberals refer to as overrepresentation. So that's a problem if Harvard wants to racially balance its class, which Harvard does. So Harvard create or used a personal rating system, uh, and it would mark Asians on the whole uh, down on this personal rating. It would say Asians have poor leadership skills, they have uh, poor empathy, a lack of character, uh, and, and that way it could mark them down uh, and give special preferences to black and Hispanics. It seems to me, if I remember, in Michigan, we voted on this issue of, uh, of racial profiling colleges not that long ago, didn't we? That's correct. And actually, Michigan came up during the oral arguments because the schools say, well, that is Harvard and UNC say that, well, if we don't get to discriminate on the basis of race and admissions, uh, then we're going to have a less diverse class. But you look at schools in Michigan and California, for instance, which have eliminated the use of race, and they are just as diverse and in some cases more diverse uh, than uh, Harvard and you also see some other positive benefits. So, for instance, students who are admitted on merit and not on uh, affirmative action tend to stay in school. They tend to have a lower dropout rate. They have a higher uh, rate of majoring in 
science and math fields. They report being happier about their college experiences, and they tend not to, uh, or the, the, yeah, they tend not to uh, engage in self-segregation behaviors like uh, safe spaces for minorities and and self-segregated dorms. Imagine you were watching and listening very closely to what you could of the oral arguments. Did you hear anything of of great interest? What were the highlights and lowlights? Yeah, so a couple great points. I think Justice Clarence Thomas got to the real heart of the case uh, with one line of question that he asked of uh, the, the college's lawyers. And he and what the college is essentially being permitted to do over time by the court is to discriminate on the basis of race because the court has said in the past, we, we just trust you that you're going to use this for benign purposes, that uh, you're really going to, you know, put this to good use. Uh, and Justice Clarence Thomas said, you know, why would we defer to schools in this? And, and, and he gives the following hypothetical to the school's lawyers. If, if this was 1960 and a school said we need to discriminate and segregate our school uh, and keep black students out because segregation yields educational benefits, which is something that segregationists did argue back in the day, uh, would we have deferred to the school then? And, of course, the lawyer said no. Uh, and that gets to the heart of the issue, because for Justice Thomas, uh, he lived through Jim Crow, and he knows what deference tends to yield when you uh, uh, allow somebody to segregate. Uh, you can't trust that it's going to be used in a benign way. So he remembers Jim Crow. Uh, of course, Harvard's personal rating was created in the 1920s to do to Jews uh, what Harvard now uses it to do to Asians. Uh, so he just doesn't fundamentally trust that uh, discrimination can be benign. Uh, and also he, he sort of underscored the principle at issue here, which is uh, that all of us are created equal uh, and entitled to equal treatment. Uh, but uh, Harvard and UNC don't, uh, don't treat everyone equally. They make broad uh, stereotypes based on race and then discriminate on that basis. Uh, and then another great point was brought up by Justice Alito, where he said, you know, aren't these racial categories arbitrary? Uh, consider Asian, for instance. It includes 61% of the entire world's population. Everyone from Pakistan to Vietnam to Japan to Indonesia uh, is Asian. And these people don't necessarily have the same experiences. You can't assume that uh, a Chinese student and a Hmong student and a Japanese student and an Indian student have the same thoughts and experiences. Um, but then you had a retort from uh, Justice uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, and she said, how can we actually be sure that these schools are discriminating against Asians? The admissions process is holistic. They look at 40 factors. We couldn't possibly say uh, that they actually are discriminating against Asians. Uh, but the data actually bears this out. Um, Asians are admitted at a much lower rate when you hold academics constant than blacks and Hispanics. For instance, an Asian with the academic test scores and grades in the top 10% has about a 12% chance of getting into Harvard. But a black student with the same test scores, same grades, same extracurriculars has a 56% chance of getting into Harvard. I noticed, too, that Justice Kavanaugh asked a pointed question of if you're from Northern Africa, what do you identify at uh, when you're filling out the Common App for Harvard? 
Right. That is that is another big problem for uh, advocates of these racial categories. It's just how arbitrary they are. Historically, uh, actually, uh, people from Northern Africa and the Middle East are classified as white, um, which makes I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. What does somebody? Why would somebody in Egypt, for instance, why would you assume that they have similar life experiences, character, personality? thoughts and experiences as somebody from Italy or somebody from South Africa or somebody from Canada. Africa's a big continent, and it's a big topic, and uh, we'll be learning more about it. What's fair and what isn't? What's just and what isn't? Giancarlo Canaparo with the Heritage Foundation. It's Michael Patrick Shields, all across Michigan. You already know that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has the largest network of top doctors and hospitals in Michigan. But what you may not know is Blue Cross is making it easier than ever for you to see those top doctors, however, whenever, and wherever you need to see them. And that means you can get the care you need on your terms through office visits, telehealth, a 24-hour nurse line, mental health support, urgent care, and more, giving you the confidence in knowing that you and your family are covered no matter what. No wonder Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is the name more people across the state have trusted for the past 83 years to help them live healthier lives. So whether it's a cough, a fever, a broken arm, or a broken spirit, Blue Cross is here for you anytime, anywhere, with access to support for both your physical and mental health, even from the privacy of your own home. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. Have you ever considered being a school bus driver or attending on a bus to help students? Now is the perfect time. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling, and a sign-on bonus, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now at deanjobs.com and start your paid training. Head to deanjobs.com. Fly Lansing nonstop to Orlando on Avello Airlines and enjoy Florida sunshine in no time. Fly from Lansing's Capital Region International Airport and enjoy affordable parking, hassle-free check-in, and short security lines. Starting October 26th, say hello to Avello with nonstop flights from Lansing to Orlando International Airport. Book your trip today at aveloair.com. That's A-V-E-L-O-Air.com. And fly Lansing. 